Randall handed Sean, entrepreneur from Cheyenne, Wyoming, his business card and says, I might have some business for you. Why don't you? And I thought like, that is the coolest thing because here in Jackson, in this barn, this CEO of one of the biggest companies in the U.S., AT&T, Randall Stevenson, is like the most polished guy. He's hands Sean his business card. I thought that is very cool. That just happened here. I'm in. Let's keep it going. And then I also thought about the outcomes and, and how the outcomes are really important. This is Found in the Rockies, a podcast about the startup ecosystem and the Rocky Mountain region, the founders, funders, and contributors, and the stories of what they're building. I'm Les Craig from Next Frontier Capital, and on today's show, we have John Tempty. He is a general partner with Tempty Capital and the co-founder and chair of Wyoming's Governor's Global Technology Partnership, which was founded to find new technologies to advantage rural peoples and accelerate accessibility on a global scale. Today, John is going to share with us a little bit about the Wyoming Tech Partnership, how it got started what's unique about Wyoming, and what the future of venture looks like in that great state. Hi, John. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Les. It's great to be here with you. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And, and I'm, I'm excited that we found you in the Rockies because yeah. I, I, I hear that you're not always the easiest person to pin down. Huh? <laughs> I, 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 I kind of come out of my hole for the tech summit and then I, I, I kind of, you know, so when, when you say you've, uh, you know, your, your pod's called you know, found in the Rockies. You, you definitely found me in the Rockies, which I, I think for some people might be a little bit hard to do. So, <laughs> well, all the more reason why we're exciting to. I'm in Cody, you Wyoming, in my small office, and uh, very happy here in downtown Cody. So. Super exciting to start off. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your story and your your journey as an entrepreneur who who turned uh, investor? Sure, sure, sure. So I I grew up in Laramie, Wyoming. I have three brothers. And I have been, I kind of grew up as an entrepreneur. I remember about the age of five or six, my father told me, you know, you could either work for yourself or you could work for someone else. And so we started, you know, like a lot of people probably do, a little lawn mowing company, my brother and I. And then I got into bicycles. And so I had a little bike shop out of our garage and I would service all of the neighbor's bikes and so on and so forth. So I've always been sort of a, you know, the kind of guy that's kind of naturally been an entrepreneur. I've always kind of liked the, you know, the flexibility and kind of the ownership over your day that comes along with that. And so that being said, I left Wyoming. I wanted to play college basketball. So I ended up out in California. I went to uh, California State University, Chico, and I played varsity basketball there. And so then I realized when I was there that I wasn't probably going to be playing basketball much longer. I thought I wanted to be an athletic director. I thought I wanted to work in sports. And so I had a meeting with a, uh, a gentleman who was kind of a senior level at the athletic department at the University of Wyoming. He mentioned to me that if you want to be a, in athletics, it's helpful if you know how to sell. And so I thought, here I am at this kind of low-budget university, and how am I going to get experience so that I could get picked up by uh, a pro sports team or a college athletic department? What's going to separate me from everyone else? And so one day, I'll never forget it, my junior year, we were stretching before practice, and I'm looking up at all the signage in the arena, and it looks pretty old. And I remember that, you know, they used to do these fundraisers, which I always thought were, you know, a total joke. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go create my own job here. 
And uh, so I went and I asked the athletic director, I said, hey, are those signs current? And she said, well, no, because we don't have anyone doing that job to sell them. And so I said, great, I will sign up. I said, I have a deal for you. You don't have to pay me anything, but if I sell it, I want a percentage. And so I ended up creating a little company, my first little startup doing that. And kind of the light bulb turned on when I realized that I could make the pitch about why college athletics was something to support, you know, from a community perspective. And so I, I cut a multi-year deal with these sponsors before I left. So after I was gone from college, I was still getting paid. Mailbox money. Yeah. And I'm all about the mailbox. (laughs) money. That, that, that kind of enabled me to get a job at the San Francisco 49ers where wow. I got exposed to some of the people that eventually became some of my very good friends. Those guys happened to be a few of the kind of uh, early stage guys um, that started PayPal. And so when people talk about it's, it's all about who you know, you know, I, I, through sports, I ended up meeting these folks and they were just, I realized that I had met some people that were very, very smart. And, and I thought about, okay, like, you know, how am I going to sort of, you know, take what I love about entrepreneurship and somehow get involved in tech. And so that was kind of my first kind of like kind of idea about, you know, okay, I got to figure this out here. So, yeah. What a metaphor. I love the metaphor of stretching, stretching before practice. Like that is so (laughs) cool because stretching is one of those things that I feel like, you know, especially when you're young, it's like, Oh, I don't need to do that. I'll just kind of go through the motions. But like you actually use that experience to be present Right. And have an idea and an inspiration. Like, that's so cool. That's, that's yeah, amazing. and I really wasn't thinking that it would lead me to tech or, or anything. I was just looking to figure out a way to, you know, I probably had sent out. I remember I used to get the mail at my college, you know, apartment. And I would get all these rejection letters from a wide variety of pro sports teams. But I really thought it was kind of cool because these letters would come in the mail and it would have like the Miami Dolphins logo on it or the NFL logo or like the PGA Tour. And I was just like, they were all rejection letters, but nonetheless, I was like, they actually sent me something back. So, <laughs> Yeah, just just the fact there's a logo on it kind of makes it yeah, kind of fra- I, frameable, I, I, right? Yeah, I saved them all. I still have them. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. But so you work with the not- able, Yeah, eventually I was able to get, get a job just because I had, you know, I kind of created my own sales experience. And so was that the inspiration, like some of that experience and that inspiration then for, you know, starting, starting a company, you said, is that, was that yeah, Eastworm yeah. or? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so basically what I did is I, you know, I was involved in business development and pro sports. And so when I got there, you know, they, they had hired some very, you know, what I still consider today to be top notch sales trainers. And so they would take you through a script about how, how to properly open a, a dialogue and then take people through and, and then eventually close them. And so I thought after a while, you know, I'm going to move up over the years, you know, and, and I ended up really, you know, I worked very hard at, at, in pro sports and they would have competitions and, you know, humbly, you know, I'm still pretty proud of the fact that I, I won a, a few of them. And they were, you know, kind of a more than just one team kind of, you know, they would kind of separate the league a little bit. But anyway, I thought if I, if I can do this for someone else, I, I could probably do it for myself. And I had already had the kind of the confidence. I had the mailbox money coming in and I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go venture out. And uh, so I moved to Palo Alto. And, and then I met someone, I met an older gentleman who was actually from Wyoming. He was a constitutional, basically like an appellate law attorney, but he had a big education from NYU, very smart, respected guy. And he wanted to start this group buying website. 
And so I thought, that's interesting. He's in Wyoming. So I invested and I thought, okay, I'm going to just get in the game here with some of my you know, mailbox money. And so I put some chips, you got to put some chips on the the table, right? Yeah. Spreading some chips out here and there, trying to get it on these little deals in in Palo Alto. And then the eSwarm deal kind of came up and it turned out that I invested and then I ended up running because it was like, I realized that nobody really knew what they were doing and I didn't really either, but I jumped in. (laughs) I called my buddy just was a part of selling PayPal. And I said, Hey man, like, will you become an advisor? And so we kind of went down that road at which point, you know, the burn rate was getting up there in Palo Alto, pretty expensive town. I realized that we had a lot to figure out. And so I said, you know what, we're going to go to Boulder because Boulder's half the cost at the time. And uh, I know there's a little tech community there and it's close to Wyoming. And I know people in Wyoming and, you know, this will be a good way for me to kind of get back Tour in the pretty, kind of, in the region, you know, so pretty forward leaning back then. I mean, how many? Yeah, what was yeah. what was Boulder like? Because this was like in the what? Early this was 2000s like or, this was yeah mid? yeah this was like mid two thousands, and so this was kind of like you know I remember they had the like some of the very first tech meetups where they used like meetup dot com and uh, <laughs> you know and uh, I think people still use that, but you know sure. it's definitely it's definitely like right around you know shortly after we got there or I guess. A little bit after we got there, tech stars kind of popped up. And, uh, you know, so it was this tiny ecosystem, but it was great because we could go recruit from CU. There were other tech companies around. There were a lot of smart people in the town. They had a big outdoor gear presence, which is something that I definitely tapped into over the years of trying to figure out that group buying company, which was definitely the, the, one of the experiences that, uh, or the experiences that that I've had in my life that I think really kind of shaped my views on investing and also kind of toughened me up in a way. And so in the end, we spent a few million bucks trying to figure that out. We were fighting Groupon in the early days, then Living Social popped up. And I thought, you know, based on what we're seeing, should we like, you know, do what they're doing or should we go on our own? And, and I, I kind of talked to some big investors and made a couple of decisions that in the end, you know, we so Eastwarm actually never actually worked out, but a couple of the companies that I personally started to feed those big group deals, those ones ended up, you know, being successful. So, oh, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. So there was a company called Adventure Shed, which actually sold more tents and sleeping bags than anyone in the Rocky Mountain region over one summer. So it was a pretty wow. old school company where we focused a lot on uh, backlinking and bundling deals, but we would try to run these massive group buying deals on Eastwarm where we would just unload a ton of product. And, you know, it was probably six or seven different iterations of trying to figure that out. And what Groupon did, I never really believed in it. And so we kind of, we went down that path and, you know, it kind of led me to the point where I was able to say, okay, you know, I'm ready to start investing more and keep starting companies. And so I've I've just kind of kept going. That's awesome. I mean, what a, what a journey too, to, to, to really, pour yourself into something and then see the other things that you have your fingers in on the side sort of be the, be the actual ones that, uh, you know, kind of yeah. rise. To I kind of wanted to be my own customer, you know? So I, I was like, I, I have to learn, you know, how to, how to sort of like look at like one vertical and, and, and really get involved in, in, you know, one space. And because Boulder had such an outdoor presence, outdoor gear presence, a lot of companies developing there, that just seemed like a natural fit. I also am someone who, you know, I, I remember I probably hiked, you know, up 
the Flagstaff or the Flatiron, you know, Flagstaff Trail on the Flatirons up to the Flagstaff House restaurant. I bet I've done that hike a few thousand times. So I would think about the, uh, <laughs> I, I would think about the, you know, the group buying, you know, company in the space as I would hike that trail, trying to basically banging my head against the wall trying to figure this out. <laughs> Boy, that's that's a challenge. I wonder if there's any other founders that have hiked it more. That seems like it could be a record for, I, I, for tech founders in Boulder. I, I definitely saw the, a lot of the same people every day. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So then, what was so as part of the journey? Then, so you were in Boulder for what about a decade or so? Or, or yeah, I was probably there for probably I would say eight years. Yep. And what what did what was that like? I mean, just observing. I mean, I assume a lot of growth, a lot of change. Yeah, yeah. You know, I went to a lot of different you know meetups. I saw kind of you know Brad Feld and, and Jason Endelson. Like I saw them kind of come in and really you know you know Brad is he was like a rock star back then in Boulder and still is. But the bet that they've made on that kind of you know part of you know, kind of the Rocky Mountain region and that ecosystem is something that, you know, that it's really grown since then. They did this thing called co-founder dating, which I thought was very cool. You'd go in and you would put a sticker on your chest and it would be like, I have an idea or, you know, I'm a coder. So, and they would try to match people up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Early so, days. That's yeah, super yeah, fun. Yeah. We'd go to the board part of that. And, and do, you know, do all those things. And we were, you know, recruiting people and it, it was, it was, I had a team of, you know, young people and we worked, you know, very, very hard to try to figure it out. It was a great experience. I, I, I look back on it and I learned so much through the, during that period of time. And it really kind of gives me sort of a, a, a good sense about what I'm looking at when I look at a lot of deals. Yeah, for sure. Well, and and then I'd love to talk a little bit about the path of, you know, kind of shifting gears from, you know, operator founder to investor and and kind of what that experience was like for you and and, you know, some of some of the strengths you you find as a result of that that journey. Sure, sure. So, you know, for me I, you know, I I so I had my my win, you know, out of college and then I went through this journey and really kind of, you know, the, the classic kind of tour duty as a founder. And I didn't go into it wanting to be like a co-founder in it, but I ended up in that, which was interesting. And then as I continued down that path, I continued to invest in different companies that were connected to my network, which was largely kind of the, the in the initial days, it was just, you know, I, I happened to meet someone who, you know, was like the ninth employee at PayPal. And then through that I ended up meeting a lot of people and it just so happened that those people were doing like really, really cool things. And I've heard of them. I've heard of them. So I continued to kind of like focus on that that part of my network from an investment standpoint. And then also, you know, down in Boulder. So my wife, she she went to see you and I met her in Boulder. And then when we had an opportunity to exit one of the companies, then I thought, okay, I'm gonna go to Wyoming because it's my home state. It has no state income tax, and so I and I hadn't been home since I left for college, and so I ended up like going back to Laramie. I got a house a block away from where I grew up, and I hung out there, got connected, you know, spent some time with my folks, and then I worked my way up to Cody, Wyoming, and we spend a lot of time over in Jackson as well. But we kind of we still have the place in Laramie, I have a place up here in Cody where we spend a lot of time, and Wyoming's kind of it's my place now. So 
That's awesome. That's where we met at, in fact. I think it was at the Governor's Global Technology Summit last last fall. And so I'd love to love to talk a little bit about that because you were sort of instrumental in getting this initiative off the ground and it's really become something very special. Yeah, well, it's very kind of you to, to say that last night. You know, so when I got back to Wyoming, I got a call from Governor Matt Mead and and he basically said, you know, I, I hear you've moved back. I hear you grew up here. I want to talk about economic diversification. And so, you know, he asked me to come over for dinner. And so I thought, all right, this is, this is pretty cool. I'm going to call one of my buddies who now is like, you know, one of my good friends that I do a lot of investing with. And so I took, I took Jack Selby with me and Jack works with Peter Thiel. And so we went over there to the you know, governor's house um, in Cheyenne. And uh, we, I remember when the gates opened, we were like, whoa, this is pretty cool, you know? So, <laughs> and I, and I didn't, I'd never really met him before. So we were just like, sort of, okay, like, this is fun. We'll see how this goes, you know? And uh, I'm picturing you guys like riding in on horses, but was that, <laughs> that wasn't the case? No, okay. Yeah. Hats on. That would have been hats cooler, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we did kind of make sure we dressed up in like cowboy boots and like, you know. Sure. Yeah, sure. you got to sort of like act the part, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Super fun. So yeah, we sat down with him and he kind of just wanted to, uh, you know, chat about, he said, I really want to do something that could help diversify Wyoming's economy because we're an energy ag and tourism state and we're so overweight kind of in those areas. And he recognized the tech industry as being something that was, you know, an industry of the future in his words. And, and so he said, you know, guys, what, what could we do to, to kind of, you know, what, what can, what do you got any ideas? And so we sat there for a minute and we thought, you know, the Allen and company guys have that big summit over in Sun Valley. And that's a pretty high-profile event. It's pretty cool. And we have Jackson Hole in Wyoming. And that's a pretty cool place that a lot of tech guys like to pop in and out of and have homes that, you know, there. And so we thought, like, what if we could create a mini Sun Valley focused on tech just with kind of the local Silicon Valley, you know, kind of crowd at the time. I mean, this was nine years ago. So we, we, we were like, you know, I think we could probably identify a handful of people that would be high profile kind of names that might show up and talk to us about how do we think about diversification and diversify Wyoming's economy? What do you got to do to have a, a vibrant tech industry in a state like Wyoming? Where do you start? Where do you focus? What, what are the things that the governor and the you know, state legislature and the delegation, you know, what are all these questions that you know, can, we can ask of the people that have been in different ecosystems. So I remember we had a gentleman who was a part of uh, kind of the early stages of the Seattle tech ecosystem, and he has a place in Jackson. And so he came over, and and then we ended up having the first tech summit. It was at it was in a at, at a golf course. Of course, of course, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a high tech barn, though. Yeah, right. And so yeah. we had the first tech summit there. And then after that, we, you know, we kind of were able to sort of get it going. And I remember in the early days, you know, people were kind of wondering, you know, is this kind of going to be a one-time event? And, and I sort of thought, you know, we actually had some really amazing people show up to this thing. The governor is really committed to it. What it really needs is somebody to kind of jump in and, and have a really good reason to do it and a good reason to do all the work, right? And, and I thought, okay, we just had a panel for example, the first year, Randall Stevenson, who at the time was the CEO of AT&T, 
he was on, he was, he showed up on a panel and, and then we had a guy uh, by the name of Sean Mills, who was the CEO and founder of Greenhouse Data. And I put them on the same panel together and Randall handed Sean, entrepreneur from Cheyenne, Wyoming, his business card and says, I might have some business for you. Why don't you? And I thought like, that is the coolest thing because here in Jackson in this barn, this CEO of one of the biggest companies in the US, AT&T, Randall Stevenson, who's like the most polished guy, you know, I mean, amazing guy. He's hands Sean his business card. I thought that is very cool. That just happened here. I'm in, let's keep it going. And then I also thought about the outcomes and, and how the outcomes are really important. And, and to me personally, growing up in Wyoming, you know, it, you know, I saw a lot of people that, you know, you know, the jobs would in these little towns, they, they come and go industry's hot oil and gas gets hot and, you know, boom and bust cycles. And so I, I think it's pretty cool to be a part of an effort that is, is helping to create good jobs, high paying jobs. I've got, yeah. So that's it for me. So for me, it's like, it's kind of a, it's kind of something that I, I, I deeply care about that. And, and in these little towns, I mean, if you get one company to come in with mm-hmm. you know, 20, 30 employees that are, you know, making, you know, well over the average wage, you, you can move the debt in a very positive way and it impacts people's quality of life. And, and for me, that's the real reason why I do the tech summit. And, and then it's a way for me to share my network and, and also just meet people like you and other people that are excited about making a difference. So, well, I, I, I really appreciated the authenticity of the people that showed up and with that, with that sort of very unified, you know, mindset of let's, let's work on thinking about ways to diversify the economy. Let's work on ways to support local entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs that showed up were quite impressive. I mean, it was, so it was really neat to see local people that were actually trying to, to do the work and then pairing them with people from outside the ecosystem that had the resources, had the network, had the, right. I think that's, that's what it takes to jumpstart right. an ecosystem. Right. Right. And, and, you know, what we've kind of figured out is like, you know, we always kind of get the question of, you know, so, it's great to have a tech summit, but you know, what are the outcomes? And, and really, you know, it, from my point of view, it's just about basic blocking and tackling. It's about finding founders that want to start a company. It's about hooking them up with mentors that are meaningful to them in, in, in the space that they're operating in. And then it's about helping them to find access to capital, which is like a major issue in Wyoming. And that's a, that's a role that we are, you know, that I've been playing kind of on my own, but it's, it's been a difficult thing for me because when I have access to some of the deals from some of my buddies, you know, I'm looking at those deals and it's like, well, you know, this guy, like pretty smart, you know, like these companies are rolling, spinning out of other companies and like we've known the people for a long time. And, but I really am dedicated to finding the entrepreneurs in Wyoming that, and I think there's a list of them. I know them, you know, and I'm just excited to do, to do deals with them in the future as they kind of get further down the line. And that's something that, that we're, working on we actually pretty close to closing a, a deal just you know so the little jackson hole tech partnership nonprofit is what runs the wyoming global tech summit but that nonprofit is is has set up a for-profit um, venture arm and we just launched it we just closed our first deal so and we kind of are, we're, yeah That's we're great. kind of just looking to operate um alongside a bigger a bigger investor or a bigger vc and and really just kind of come in with some value-added capital and i think that the network that 
is the board at JHTP, which you know includes a, it's a pretty good board which is how we kind of source a lot of our speakers and then of course the speakers come through and you know i want to sustain this thing so that it lives well beyond me and so the way to do that is to give a little bit of the you know the carry back to the nonprofit. and so that's sure cool. it's a great, great and, model. And, it, and it really allows us to kind of say okay like you came to the tech summit you heard these speakers some of these guys are like you know majorly big guys but i want it to be inspirational and I want to be able to say, okay, like if you go do work, like we're going to be there for you to help walk you into the offices on Sand Hill Road with all these different firms that we have access to that we've known. And and I think it's better if the companies are in this region and in Wyoming because otherwise we lose all those our best and brightest and, and they go to other places. And a lot of times, as you know, you know, it used to be the case and is still kind of is the case where VCs, you know, they don't really want to get on a plane to do a meeting. They kind of want to have you come to them. So, yeah, unfortunately, but yeah, yeah. it's changing well, a little it's bit, changing. It's but I, I, yeah. yeah, I do want to underscore what you said though, John, cause I think it's, it's, it's super insightful and very important. It's because it, it's, it's especially in our region and just more broadly, I'll say, you know, the Northern Rockies or the Intermountain West, it's not just about, sourcing that seed stage capital or that early stage capital, that angel capital, because if that's all it was about, we were, there'd be this massive trough of just like dead companies. It's about getting them to the coast or not necessarily the coast, but getting to the next round. Right. And it's through yeah. networks of people like yourself. And, and, I, and that, I really had to ask myself over, so we'll be, we're going to do the ninth summit. Right. And we do one every year, but I really had to ask myself, you know, is there any sort of like entity in Wyoming that that is ready to write a check of from like 250 up to like 3 million in that space that could be early it could be you know part of you know kind of the you know and and what we obviously really prefer to do is have you know someone who really really knows the space the right fit for the entrepreneur come in and and kind of lead it and then we'll kind of come in and help out and that's kind of where I want to be but I I want to make sure that we're kind of putting our flag up in a way that's meaningful. And when I asked the question about like, who's out there ready to write that million dollar check, like I, I, I'm not quite sure who that is. So Yeah, sure. Well, you know, and sometimes maybe, maybe it takes a, a regional strategy. And there are angel groups, you know, there's a group in Casper that's, you know, they're, they're doing great work. There's a lot of different groups. There's a group in Jackson that's trying to put together some stuff, but for us, we really do have access to a lot of big relationships that could mm-hmm. benefit these companies as they as they look to go to their, you know, they, they get past that Series A and then they want to, you know, I, I think we can really help them out. I know we can. So I've, I've been very impressed with the quality of entrepreneur, the drive, the vision, and, and just the number of companies that are very early stage, but very quality opportunities mm-hmm. that, that are that I think are going to turn, you know, have the prospect to turn into something very real. So yeah, it's exciting. And another really cool thing, you know, I think about like what makes Wyoming interesting because, you know, some people would look at Wyoming and be like, well, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell what's happening based on our, you know, ranking of, and sort of venture deals done or whatever. But at the same time, I can tell you that there are a handful of entrepreneurs that are very successful that are from Wyoming, that live in Wyoming, that they've been working at it for, for quite a while. And some of these people are succeeding in raising, you know, VC money. And I think that the beauty of it is 
we know them like we really know them. Right. It's not like we're just, you know, kind of running through a massive amount of, you know, sort of meetings trying to find the needle in the haystack, so to speak. Like if I do a deal with someone, like I have known that person for a long time. Right. The trust. That, that, that gives me confidence. You know, you really want to know who you're putting money behind. So in that way, that's, that, that's, something, that's one way we can use our small size as kind of a strength is because the networking comes, it's pretty straightforward in this area. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, uh, the, population, the population of your entire state is like less than San Jose, California. Or yeah, something, yeah. Right? it's like, like 550,000 yeah. people, you know. And, <laughs> Half the population of San Jose, or yeah, and and I look to what you guys are doing in Bozeman. I I think about you know Greg Gianforte, your governor, and and what he did with Right Now Technologies, and and the the impact that that had on Bozeman, and really the the Montana tech ecosystem. And and I think you know if I could be a part of in in whatever way a company that really kind of plants that kind of flag in the ground that says like here is kind of our big you know sort of sort of win, then all of a sudden you've got you know, right now, I think at the time I had like 500 employees maybe yep. in 2000, what was it, 11? or 11. I, and then you think about all of the kind of like, you know, all of the capital that, you know, got sort of cycled back into the the area. And then you have all those experienced people and they got that win and they got Greg and, you know, it's just an ecosystem that just blows up. And it, that's happened at Bozeman. And I believe that will happen in Wyoming. I'd throw a chip down on that bet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting. You, you bring up a great point though, too, John, it only takes one, right? It only takes one Fairchild Semiconductor or PayPal yep. or right now technologies. That's it. Yep. And it seeds an ecosystem for generations of entrepreneurs. I mean, it's mm-hmm. similar. That's happened in Boulder. That's happened in Austin. So I agree. I agree with you. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there we've got, you know, second, third, you know, fourth time entrepreneurs here in Wyoming that are working on things. And again, like some of these people are, are going to need some funding at some point and we want to be a part of that story. Awesome. Well, before we kind of shift gears away from the global technology partnership, is it too early to, to pencil it in on the calendar or what? No, what no, can you tell our listeners? Not, uh, yeah. So, so the ninth Wyoming global tech summit will be in Jackson on October 6th, 2022. And uh, you can go to jacksonholetechpartnership.org to register for the event. And Wonderful. we've got a, one, one of the things that I always try to do is, you know, I, I like to have new speakers and, and we like to, you know, continue to talk about some of the important things to entrepreneurs. So we always have a venture panel and, and you know, Les, that's how I met you. you. You were on that panel and thank you very much for doing that. And, and so I try to make it a, a bit of a diverse event. I'd like to see a little bit more diversity at the summit. I'd like to see, you know, some, hopefully some, some more women participating. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're interested in participating in the uh, Wyoming Tech Summit in Jackson, shoot us a note. You can email info at jacksonholetechpartnership.org or you can go on the website and hit the contact us link and do it that way. Or you can find me at j-o-h-n at temptycap.com. That's T E M. T-E-C-A-P.com. So any of those ways are ways for people to to kind of get in contact. And hopefully we've got a good crowd on October 6th. Exciting. Well, it's already, I I was going to pencil it, but it's it's in Sharpie on my calendar now. So I am going. Nice. It is happening. (laughs) Well, we we really appreciate you, Les. I mean, we've been really fortunate to have folks like you pop in. And then I think what you're doing with the pod, you know, I just love the name, you know, found in the Rockies. It's, it's so cool. 
We named it after you, John. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, anything else kind of just to, just to close out, like any, anything else you want to talk about with regards to Tempty Capital, trends you're seeing in Wyoming, anything exciting? Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the trends that I'm seeing a lot of is, you know, there are, there are different founders. I've got a gentleman coming up to Cody to meet with me next week about his new startup. And it's, it's focused on, you know, the energy industry. And so you've got things like CCUS, which is carbon sequestration and, and utilization and storage, right? Or carbon capture utilization and storage. Yeah. So you've got things like that. And there are different technologies around some of those, you know, major projects that are really energy, big energy companies, you know, storing a lot of carbon. And then you've got a whole slew of energy-related tech opportunities that people see because they're in some way connected to that vertical in the region. And this gentleman is someone who came from oil and gas, and uh, he's got an idea. And I, I've definitely seen that theme kind of pop up over and over again. And, I, and, and, and that's kind of a natural thing, right? I mean, it's uh, sort of you would expect that. Also, we're getting a lot of incoming, you know, sort of uh, inbound requests for calls about, you know, the crypto stuff. Ah, and that's, I, was, you know. I wasn't going to bring it up, but <laughs> I thought it's probably going to come up. Yeah. No, yeah. that's what everybody kind of wants to know about Wyoming. What's what's the what, what's the deal? Why is why is it so hot? Why is crypto in the top? Yeah, so recently Wyoming, and- the Wyoming state legislature. So, you know, you talk about you have the small a small state. Well, one of the advantages is we have a legislature that can move really quickly. And so one of the things that the state legislature did is they said, we're going to put together a new law that recognizes legally protected property rights for owners of all types of digital assets, including cryptocurrency. And so you talk about a regulatory sandbox, um, which in a sense acts as like a safe haven or a magnet, right? And that's that's a great way to rec- to sort of like use your state, local government. You know, you create a leg- regulation or legislation that gives people protection, and all of a sudden they flock to your state. And so that's what's happening in Wyoming. We had first mover status on that, and I think that 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 has really kind of made people around the globe. Really, I mean. It's pretty amazing some of the inbound stuff that that pops up, and, and it, could, it the, the interesting thing is it's it's a really wide range and and a wide variety of characters. Talk about the Wild West. Last <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I, yeah, yeah, all those crypt, crypto punks and crypto cowboys yeah, in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that stuff is moving uh, way too fast for little Johnny here in, in Cody, Wyoming. <laughs> but but I can tell you is unfortunately you know we do have some folks on, on our team that really love the space. And so we, we try to have them, you know, help us to figure it out and, and, you know, just to get educated really. Yeah. Exciting. What about speaking of Cody, I hear there's a lot of activity in Cody, you know, you hear about some of the, obviously Laramie, you've got the university there, but like, where are some of the hubs that people want to like plug in or find stuff going on or like try to get a pulse on the, on the tech scene across this, you know, a, a big, sure. it's a big state. Where, where do they go? Yeah. Where, where? yeah. So I, I think, you know, if I had to sort of say that, you know, the top kind of the obvious ones, it would be Cheyenne. That's a big one. Laramie, University of Wyoming's in Laramie. The, the university, the, the new president, Dr. Ed Seidel, um, he really is very passionate about entrepreneurship and they have done a lot of work to kind of reorganize around entrepreneurship. The legislation that came down in Wyoming, I think, has given 
some opportunities or the university sees opportunities for like a center for blockchain. I know that we had someone out talking about that from the university at the summit. And then you kind of move over to Casper. Casper has a lot of, um, you know, there's a, there's an angel fund there called Breakthrough 307, which I think is really, you know, we need more of those. And that's kind of the space that we're looking to sort of help them out with what we do, you know, so that, you know, if they find a winner, we can say, okay, we can help you to get a little bit further along with a little bigger check. And then hopefully they can go out and close the Series A. So Casper's got a lot going on. Jackson obviously has a lot too. Amazing. Well, John, any uh, any predictions or any thoughts like on the future of tech, the future of, you know, for the, for the state of Wyoming? Final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I think that I, I, I'm going to make, I'm making a, a personal bet on, on the fact that in the next, I would say, five years, there will be there will be one company I think that will uh, get a, a, a pretty good exit. Has it started yet? <laughs> it started. Yeah, it started. It started. Okay. Oh, so I'm you so it. you know the company. I, all right. Well, yeah. all right. After the I, podcast, I, I, let's get together. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. Anytime. I'm teasing. No, no, I'm no, teasing. no, no. Yeah, no. But I, I, I see. You know, I have high hopes for a few of these companies and why I'm. Yeah. I agree. Well, I got to I got to say, I, I really, I really appreciate and admire just your your motivation. I mean, you know, growing up in the state, returning there, bringing your your talents and your experience back to those entrepreneurs. I think Wyoming's a lucky place. I think you know, my prediction would be, you know, maybe. Ten years from now, we'll look back and people will be talking on somebody's podcast about you as like the Brad Feld of Wyoming. Like the, yeah, I remember oh, the rock geez. star yeah, and John well, was getting up. I'm just that's that, my that, prediction. That, that, that's pretty high praise, Les. <laughs> I, I have a, I, I'm teasing. I, I'm teasing. Know, I, I really Brad's hope great. That, yeah, you know, we can all kind of look at the region and and work together to really get some things done. And I'm excited to you know. Hopefully one day look at a few deals with you as well. So, for sure. Well, why don't you? Well, you've already told everybody where they can find you on the podcast. Yeah. But why don't you just again tell them, give them, given that URL, and we'll put it in the notes uh, for sure. how they can contact you. Sure. So the so the website is jacksonholetechpartnership.org. The summit is October sixth, twenty twenty two, and if you'd like more information, you can email info at jacksonholetechpartnership.org. So. John, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for sharing your story. I got to tell you, I will never stretch the same way ever again. Recognizing I need this could be it. This could you be the never know that when launch, the light bulb launches a on. career. All right, <laughs> thanks, thanks so Les. much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Found in the Rockies. You can find links in the show notes or go to our podcast page at nextfrontiercapital.com to get links and contact information for today's guests. If you like what you heard and want more, please rate, review, and subscribe to get notified as our new episodes drop. We'll see you next time.